we are going to get a little bit meta this week. We're doing a podcast about podcasting. We're going to talk about the about the podcasting space. Rachel and I are going to spend today's podcast talking about what I think are the huge upside and opportunities to dedicating yourself to producing and creating a podcast and understanding some of the different places that you can really leverage podcasts as you build your online business. We'll also talk a little bit about some of the tools and the technology that's involved. But the main purpose of today's podcast, at least as far as I was concerned, as we started out, is I wanted to really share with you why I am so bullish on audio, why I am so bullish on podcasting. So sit back, enjoy today's Gray Matters as we discuss podcasting. Steve Dotto here. How the heck you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for baby boomers and Gen X who are interested in online business. We are interested in finding our place in the digital age. In this podcast, you'll learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, and more, all from our perspective. The world's changing. Our prospects are changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore, and many of us face a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need to take our years of experience and put it to work for us, a side hustle or online business of our own. We need to develop mad skills to adapt and evolve in order to thrive in this digital age. I can help. I want to help. And this podcast will help. It wasn't that long ago that I was struggling to transition from my former career in traditional broadcasting into online business. There were lots of bumps and bruises along the way, but I'm here to say it is a fantastic and worthwhile journey. I am glad you found us. You know, last week we talked about uh, about the growth of Clubhouse. Uh, did you get any blowback or did you talk to anybody else about Clubhouse this last week? No, but I did see that apparently they did 2 million downloads in the last week. So I bet that's because of us. <laughs> Steve's absolutely wrong. Steve says that Instagram thing won't be anything worth worrying about. Don't waste (laughs) your time on the Instagram. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) but this week let's, I want to talk about podcasting itself. And I did a lot of research as we were preparing for the clubhouse chat last week, and I've been committed to podcasting for a while, but I am just blown away by the advantages that podcasting is starting to get in the marketplace. And I don't think people realize just how valuable podcasting can be for their brand and why it should be something that you should be considering investing in. But the problem is we've been saying this for the past eight years. It's interesting. And I say that, I know that's like my, my intro into any time I'm going to pontificate about stuff, but I feel like everybody thinks everyone else podcasts. Like that's just something I will ingest as a consumer. But Thankfully, even with any problems or promises that Clubhouse has, it's one of those apps and it's just one of them because there are some others. I think there's Twitter's doing, starting to do ones where you can record your voice only mm-hmm. and things like that. Facebook had Facebook audio. I don't even know if it still has it, but um, had that, it rolled that out for a little bit after Facebook Live rolled out. What you said, everybody thinks that the podcast market is saturated. That's one yeah. of the reasons that they, that I believe a lot of our followers would say, you know, maybe podcasting isn't the place it's not worth investing because there's already too many people in the space. But here's some numbers. There are, are you ready for this? There are some 2 billion websites that have been built and there's over 400 million that are active. 
that's and nobody would say I'm not going to start a website. There's too many websites out there, and there's 400 million active websites. There are 600 million blogs out there. 600 million blogs. Wow. There's 37 million YouTube channels. Now I do. I know some people do say, "Oh, YouTube's too crowded. I'm not going to get in there." But there's still, believe me, there's still plenty of room if you decide that YouTube is the platform you want. Mm-hmm. Podcasts. There's around 1.75 or 1.8 million podcasts, and a lot, and a very small number of those are really active, are really publishing right. every week. A lot of those are dormant. And some of the podcast players now, when you go in, they will say not active and you'll mm-hmm. see. And I mean, that's a big, I mean, we all, we all are searching for a podcast and then are disappointed to see that the person publishing on the topic that we're interested in is not active. That's right. Those are mind blowing numbers. Aren't because, they? Yeah. You, and you put it in a great context too. I love that you led with there's 2 billion websites and literally no one on this. I mean, I, I, I buy web domains like, mm-hmm. you know, once a quarter where I'm like, Hey, I had an idea. Phil Gerbershek is one of my favorite per- people to talk about website stuff. And he's always like, yeah, if you have an idea, go buy a domain, put it on for a renew, keep it for four years. If you do nothing with it, let it go. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can build, you can build a website and you're right. Nobody's going to say, but there's so many, should I even build that? Of course you are. But yeah, you're, you're, there's opportunity there for podcasts. There's tons of opportunity if you're going to be real about it. So we're talking about that as the space. Another reason I think people find that podcasting is arduous or they, or they don't stay with it or it intimidates them is there's a very slow start to any podcast. Nobody nobody gets a viral podcast happening. It's not like you're posting a YouTube of your cat falling off the back of the couch and it gets a million views. You don't get that kind of viral engagement, but you get a different type of engagement with podcasts. And slow and steady wins the race mm-hmm. with podcasts. Um, there's a, there's a, a recent report out that it, this one blew me away. Between 80 to 90% of the podcasts that are listened to are, uh, sorry, people listen to between 80 and 90% of every podcast that they turn on. The, mm-hmm. If they download a podcast and they start to listen to your podcast, they consume between 80 to 90% of that podcast. As a YouTube creator, if you're anywhere near even 50% consumption before people leave your video, you're a rock star. That's right. Again, anecdotal, but my anecdote backs up your numbers is that Every podcast, like I've got stuff in my playlist, there are a few that I listen to every episode and I check to see when the next episode hits. And, you know, it's very rare that I miss one. So, yeah, the dedication Mm -hmm. is really uh, important for people to realize why it's important. So we have to reevaluate what success looks like when we talk about podcasting as opposed to any other platform where we're delivering content in social media. Whereas in places like YouTube or on your blog post, visitors to your page, even if they bounce away quickly, those are numbers that you pay attention to. In in YouTube, you pay attention to how many subscribers and how many views you have on a video. More advanced YouTube content creators look at engagement. We look at how long people are on for and if we're getting the right people listening and if they're listening past our first call to action and if they are actually taking the action that we are asking. We're looking for high quality engagement as opposed to just numerical engagement. If somebody's consuming 80 to 90% of your content, they're interested in what you have to say. Absolutely. And that is, that is so very valuable. And I don't think that uh, when, as we are are planning out our strategy, we pay enough attention to making sure that we reach the right audience as opposed to we build a good following. You know what I mean? 
I do. And you get right to the heart of good marketing. Um, your audience isn't everyone, literally everyone. It's not. I have a very, and I'm probably one of those people who I'm close to being um, put as inactive on our podcast. We have a family entertainment review podcast that my family does. Um, and we don't, we do it about once a month, I'd like to do it more often. Um, but we're going specifically for parents of kids, you know, mm -hmm. and usually of a certain demographic. But yeah, your audience isn't everyone. And because you're you're just setting yourself up for disappointment if that's your goal and then you see you're not getting it. Oh, I failed. No, you didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, narrow, narrow down and you know, create those avatars of who are is your target audience and create the content for those individuals. That's your that's your target. Then if we look at the number of people that actually download a podcast as opposed to number subscribed, but within seven days of release, if you get more than, was it 26 downloads or in the first month, if you get more than 124 downloads, you're in the top 50% of podcasts. But that's a really important thing to recognize. That's why people quit. Yeah. People get 30, 40, 50 downloads in their first seven days and they go, I am an abject failure because they are, have been, we've been, um, we've been philosophized. Mm -hmm. to YouTube numbers, to Twitter numbers, to these massive numbers of engagement, the people bragging about their clubhouse numbers of how many followers and how many people <laughs> are downloading, you know, on, on these platforms, we get velocitized to that. And we don't realize that that is not the same value of engagement as you are getting. If you get 26 people download your podcast in the first seven days, and every one of those 26 people listens to 80% of what you have to say, mm -hmm. for the most part, you're probably doing a pretty good job of meeting your goals and objectives for your business. Those are people who are going to become your super fans that you're going to have an opportunity to do business with those people. That's right. And you know, you've, you've mastered the art too of creating those tiers of that fan, right? So entry level where people can ingest what you're, um, you know, what you're putting out there, let's say for a podcast, but then, you know, take those super fans to the next level and say, Hey, you know, I want to give you guys, you know, all an opportunity. Those of you who are early adopters or early subscribers, you know, and if you like what you hear, then join this other community, whether it be a Facebook group or a Patreon or anything like that. But you're right. Take them to the next level. But don't devalue those 26 people. Right? Yeah. Um, it's it's not, they, they could be they could be the 26 people. Or even five people in there could be the five people that help catapult your business to the next level. Without fail, people who I hear consistently do their podcast. In other words, you know, you look on their podcast channel and they have been consistently delivering for years as opposed to weeks or months, which is the kind of the best before date that so many people have. Without fail, when you talk to those people, or when you listen to their testimonials, they say that their podcast is the most valuable engagement tool they have, not an engagement growth tool mm -hmm. and marketing tool they have. Because let's look at the assets. We've already talked about the quality of individual. Every single person who listens to your podcast is going to be interested in what you have to say. Every single person who clicks on your video might not because video gets suggested to them. They, you know, YouTube is constantly trying to find new people for you. And I'm not saying that that's not very valuable, but the quality of every click, not very, not very high. Whereas the quality of every download for the podcast is incredibly high. Mm -hmm. So when you start to, 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 to kind of blend that fact, the fact of the, the, the high quality person that we're, we're, we're talking about with the fact that you own 
the land. The podcast is something that can never be taken away from you. The subscription, people subscribe directly to your podcast. It, yes, it's managed through sure. iTunes or some other some other service that they're that they're using. But you have that that is your contact. When somebody watches us on YouTube, it's YouTube's contact. When somebody mm-hmm. watches us on Facebook, it's Facebook's account. It's not ours. Yeah. And and bring up that point too. And I'd I'd love to hear what our, you know, if our listeners comment and, you know, respond to this podcast as it releases, but where, where do you learn about a podcast and like, Hey, how to try one out? You know, you're probably either going to go search for one on a topic, you know, on those podcast apps like Stitcher or Apple podcasts or whatever, but, or you're going to get it recommended to you Mm -hmm. saying, Oh, I live and die by this podcast. I listen to it every morning or every week. And that's word of mouth and that's your referrals. It's great for referral because uh, people are, it's, they're making it part of their habit and their daily lifestyle. And they say, yeah, it could be great for you too. And you touched on something really important there. You said, you talked about, um, you talked about the fact that you asked our audience about feedback. That's one thing you have to steal yourself for is you are not going to get terrific engagement coming back. You get terrific attention. They watch and they listen to your, watch, they listen to your entire podcast, but they don't necessarily engage. And that to me has been the most frustrating part of being a podcaster. I'm used to comments and engagement in live streaming video on YouTube and getting instant feedback that we can really rely on in order to craft our content. When you create a podcast, you have to trust mm-hmm. yourself. You have to trust the value of your content because that feedback is just so difficult mm-hmm. to get. If you do get it, it's incredibly valuable. But again, it's something that you can't rely on and you can't let it dissuade you from continuing. If, you, you know, the at the end of the day, the most important thing is obviously staying on point and staying true to your content, but consistently publishing week after week. I can't tell you how disappointing it is when people come in and search for podcasts. They find your podcast and see that your last time you published was three months ago. Podcasts still are blue ocean. I am bullish on them. I have been for years, but this year I'm even more excited. Access, it's, it's, maybe it's partially due to the pandemic, but I look at what's happening in the in the world around us. Uh, last week we spoke about three radio stations in Canada just shutting down, uh, switching from sports, interactive, uh, you know, uh, having a, a sports format, which you think is, is golden. They're a national broadcaster. They have the rights switching to stand-up comedy, which is just cheap. And basically they're just, it's they've become a billboard on the side of the road that they have no engagement in caring about growing. They're just slapping something, yeah. whatever up that they can. And we see, uh, we talked about the car players, you know, the, where people consume podcasts is incredibly important. People, um, the reports are, you know, still over 80% are consumed at the home, but over 20% are now, or 20% or so are consumed in the car. And we talked about how older cars, it's easy to listen to radio because the radio was right there. But the new cars, it's actually getting more difficult to even find the radio, whereas podcasts in, the, in those digital screens that we have, uh, the navigation screens with Apple CarPlay or Google's car app, podcasts are front and center. And it's syncing with your phone. And if you want to listen to our podcast, you just tap on the podcast as you, as you take off. And it's easier to listen to Gray Matters than it is to listen to your local AM news and weather. Well, station. think about travel too. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. we're not all jet setting right now because of the pandemic, you know, but a lot of people, and you know, talk about another industry that's seen a huge uptick is, uh, you know, RV travel, camping, things like that. Cause people mm-hmm. do, they just want to get out and feel like they're out. Well, when you're on, 
how many times have we all been like on a road trip or something where you're, you're driving across and out of an area where you are familiar with radio stations and now you're like, well, what do I listen to? Sure. You could go to the library or download an audio book. You could totally do that. But uh, I know my family, we download several episodes of podcasts of the favorite ones we like to listen to as a family. And we just roll through those. And it's becoming, it's becoming a habit. We tend to think about podcasting from a professional perspective. At least I do. I think I'm, I'm looking at business podcasts. I'm looking at marketing podcasts. I don't spend a lot of entertainment time listening to podcasts, but my wife, she listens to the biggest genre there is. You, you know what that is, don't you? Uh, I would imagine that would be, uh, well, wait, cause now I'm skewing my own perspective. Tell me what it is. Yeah. It's true crime. Oh, of course. It is huge. It is huge. My friends it all listen to true crime. <laughs> but it's true. I, I don't, I personally don't, do not see the appeal, but of many, many do, and it becomes a habit. So now we have crossover opportunities where other genres are bringing more listeners in who can then cross over to discover us. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about, uh, I want to switch from us uh, proselytizing you doing a podcast and, <laughs> and how we've said how valuable it is. And I want to talk about some of the practical aspects of things you could think you should think about if you are just starting out or thinking about starting out with a podcast. Did you know that we host a free live training almost every week? This is a fact. Most weeks we host a free tutorial webinar covering productivity, content creation, or online marketing. It is called Webinar Wednesday, and you can find out this week's webinar by visiting dototech.com slash webinar Wednesday. It is the best way for you to up your skills to the next level for free. Join us. Links are in the description or just visit dototech.com slash webinar Wednesday. So Rachel, how many podcasts do you do? Cause you, you've got your family podcast, but you dabble in some other ones. Yeah. So I'm about to uh, start one. Uh, it's not launched yet, but we've recorded several episodes and it's going to be entertainment. I just, I enjoy entertainment and frankly, podcasting is kind of a, um, stress reliever for me, whether yes. I'm recording them or listening to them. So, uh, but we are re-watching a, an old TV series as, uh, from the perspective of today's women and, uh, we're going to release that. What so, series? Uh, Designing Women. Oh, was that with Rue McClenahan? Uh, see. No, uh, I'm thinking of, uh, Dixie Girls. Carter. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's, and it's, it's eye opening and it's fun, but, uh, I actually, I got the idea because I, one of my best uh, ones I like to listen to, which is now over it's wrapped is the West wing weekly. And they were mm -hmm. rewatching the West wing. And well, and what you're talking about here is, is here you're talking about a limited series. See, there's a lot of different types of podcasts. People look mm -hmm. at podcasts as an open-ended thing and they get overwhelmed by the thought of, you know, 52 weeks a year for the rest of my life, I'm going to be producing this freaking <laughs> podcast. It's just, it's overwhelming. It's worse than having a child, but there's a lot of different formats that you can choose. You're talking about a limited series. You mentioned that, you know, the TV shows, I do primarily listen to business related podcasts, but mm -hmm. when game of Thrones was on, there was like three or four game of Thrones podcasts that I listened to regularly. Cause I was jonesing, especially in the gaps between the seasons Yes, and, and all of the speculations and it, 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 it really added a lot of uh, value to me to watching the series and just a lot of just sheer entertainment and escapism. Mm -hmm. Well, and you talk about that and not to get too much back into the philosophy of, of podcasting, but 
it can serve that purpose, especially now, because, you know, if you're feeling like I'm going for gaps without interacting or talking or, you know, I, I have thoughts about this. I want to see if I'm right. There's probably a podcast out there that will be on that topic. And mm-hmm. if there's not, guess what? You should create it. <laughs> it could. It, it is. So so how many formats are you? Let's, let's think just off the top of my head. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, you can consider either ongoing or a limited series or seasons. So there's three different ways that you can kind of approach things. You can say this is going to be an eight-part series. This is going to be a season of 13 shows or 26 shows or 52 shows, that, the way that we did television seasons. Or you can leave it open-ended and serial the way that we do, uh, with the way that we're doing uh, Grey Matters. So you can have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to, if you start and you'd start open-ended, there's no reason that you can't hit the 13th episode, say, I need a break, and then turn that into season one and, and come back. There are no hard and fast rules. You make the rules. You get to set decide what the format is. Um, we were watching... Mm-hmm. Um, it was it wasn't a podcast, but Kevin James was on Hot Ones last on uh, YouTube, and he was talking about during pandemic he was making his own YouTube oh, yeah. series, and he said it was so freeing because he's like I'm 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 not doing this for a show. No one's producing me and telling me oh you have to include this for this and you have to include this line. He's like I'm making what I want, and that's what podcasting is. You can make it what you want, and so there's tons of creative freedom. So the most popular formats are, of course, for in the business space, are interview or talk show formats, or also just solo podcasts where the host uh, host delivers. Now, one of the reasons that you are now with us here on the Dotto te- on the uh, Gray Matters podcast is I did primarily solo podcasts in the past with some interviews, but it's a lot of heavy lifting and it's a lot of work to deliver straight to an audience and not have somebody you can have a conversation with. So basically, you're a convenience here. Rachel. I, I will be the convenience. <laughs> I'm good with that. But thinking long and hard about, or and, and having the experience of once you start doing it, recognizing that, uh, you know, metering the amount of energy that it takes to do each one, because that will get in the way. The frustration on numbers is probably the number one reason people stop. But the number two reason people stop is they just find it too much work. And, they, and it becomes an obligation to get that next episode out and they start to feel the pressure. When you can share things and have a conversation, it is far easier to deliver a podcast than it is if you have to write out a script or write out an outline and then deliver it without getting any energy back from another person. You're absolutely right. And that's that's why, you know, with the podcast I do even, I, I could have done them solo. It's way more interesting for me. I mean, selfishly, it's interesting for me, but also probably for my audience. You know, it was important to bring in different perspectives and say, well, here's what I think. I may not be right. What does somebody else think? And I think that's what we're doing here, too. I mean, you know, you were, you are on the boomer side. I'm on the Gen X side. And we're kind of talking it from those perspectives. Um, people listening might have different you know, mm-hmm. opinions, too, that dis- disagree with both of us or agree. But the variety isn't just for the audience. It's for the, it's for the producer or the host. Yeah. To a large extent. And ultimately the relationship between them. I, I, the podcast that I enjoy the most have a relationship with the, with the, uh, with the team that's delivering it. Podcasts can be very evolutionary. You can shift over time, recognizing that you're going to start with a small audience and you're going to slowly grow. And I think people will, if you're transparent, people are going to respect the fact that your podcast is going to be evolving over time and that you're going to be making changes to the format and you're going to, and uh, as you discover what your community, what your audience wants. I think one of the biggest challenges is determining once you're past the format is the length. Mm. 
Uh, there are certain people that look for that. I, I know like Neil Patel, he's got a great five minute podcast between three and five minutes. I never listened to it cause it's too much of a commitment. And I think the world of him as a social marketer, but his podcast is so short. <laughs> the way that I consume podcasts is not sitting at my desk. It's when I'm walking and I don't want to have to reach back into my phone and queue up the next podcast. Although I guess I could set up a playlist, but that's just too much work. Well, yeah. And it, it all is based on, and that might be for some research too. How, how does your target audience di- typically digest a podcast? But I completely mm-hmm. agree. I, based on my consumption, I like the longer ones because even if I have to pause it at some point, I'll come back. Um, mm-hmm. Mine, I, mine tend to be the ones I listen to are about an hour or an hour and a half. And yeah, I, I look for between 30 minutes and an hour because that I can listen to a podcast and a walk then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I walk typically for about an hour and I can listen to an entire podcast. And if it's a half hour, I can either listen to a, another podcast or I can just have some time to be with my thoughts, which is a little bit scary. <laughs> well, and you know, you talked about a playlist. I know I have a news playlist that is in fact a playlist. And so it's several, it's about five different news podcasts of, you know, I try to go every part of the spectrum and those tend to be only five, you know, five minutes to maybe 20 at a time because they're doing a news mm-hmm. update every day and it's they know it's brief. And so that part. But again, that's news. That's like legit. I'm just giving you data or information. Go do that with, with that what you will versus something. If you're talking about pontificating, that's probably going to take some more time and opinion pieces and things like that. Mm hmm. Now, the, the next thing that people are always caught up on is what gear do you use and, uh, you know, how do you set up the, uh, the, the physical setup for, for producing a podcast? And there's probably no easier media to produce than podcasts. Yeah, I, you all have the capability uh, probably right now in your hand on a smartphone uh, to do voice memos. Uh, some people, seriously, some people just use voice memos on their phone, that app. And then uh, the only thing I would say you absolutely have to do is you have to have some kind of microphone. Now, listen, the microphone might be just the microphone in your earbuds or AirPods. Um, mm-hmm. You can't just hold your phone up to your face and talk into that microphone. But, you know, and then think about your computer. You probably have some means of recording on there, too. This Zoom you know, or a Zoom could be a great way. Any kind of video conferencing can record your voice. So it is quite easy and maybe even easier this year now since so many people flocked to video conferencing. Well, it'll be easier now. There was a period of time when you could not buy a USB microphone to save your life. That's right. (laughs) Because so many people are setting up for, I guess, for both podcasting, but mainly for video conferencing type applications. But I would pay attention to making sure that you do as good a job on the audio as you can, making sure you have a good, quiet environment. It's one thing about uh, about human nature is our ears are far more sensitive than our eyes are. Mm -hmm. So people, when from the video space, for example, people will watch kind of crappy video as long as it has good audio. Mm-hmm. They won't watch a good video. They won't watch something that has high quality video that the audio sucks. That's is exactly we, it, right. It, the problem with if you have crappy audio is it irritates the crap out of us. Yeah. Now we tend, I think most of us who do podcasting tend to hyper focus on the quality of the sound because it's the one thing we can control and it's the one thing we can invest in and it's the one thing that we can tweak and you know we can kind of there's a certain pride in producing a, you know, a, a high fidelity yeah. podcast, but it doesn't take that much. It doesn't take that much to, 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 to produce it. And you don't need to sweat it that much. And there's plenty of good tutorials online. We have them on our channel mm-hmm. of setting up the gear. So that should not be a big issue. 
the software tools that are available today are mind blowing as far as convenience. There's a, there's all these sites now like riverside.fm that will allow you to host a podcast with a guest it will record everything in high fidelity for you. And so if you, as long as your guest has a decent mic and you have a decent mic, you don't have to worry about having recording software on your computer. It's all recorded in the cloud. And then you can take those files and either edit them there, send them to an editor or download them yourself for editing. The, it has never been easier to produce these kind of double ender uh, or more podcasts than it is today. Yes, exactly. And I love what you said too about caring too much. Uh, I know I I have been done. I've done some editing on podcasts. I'm not an audio editor. I just want to clarify that. But you know, it is something you try. And um, I was editing for a while all the breaths out. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. I mean, I think we get stuck on. <laughs> you think about newscasts and how these perfect people with perfect hair are sitting there delivering with a teleprompter the news perfectly. You don't have to be that perfect. This You need to be human, frankly. Mm-hmm. We always judge ourselves with a far harsher uh, view than we judge others. If we make a mistake here in the podcast, if I stumble or say a word wrong, nobody listening thinks twice of it. Mm-mm. But if I'm editing it and I'm listening to it, it will drive me crazy. <laughs> so we judge ourselves far more harshly. So that's one of the reasons it's really healthy as you grow. Kind of, I think when you look at the growth path of people creating podcasts, Bringing on outside talent to edit them is one of the first steps that we should be looking at doing because it removes you and removes your ego from the equation. Right. And for everyone out there too, I mean, we could talk about that other obstacle. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice recorded. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, get over it. It's it. You're, you don't sound weird. As you kind of decide on, so if you've decided on a format, you want to do say, a, a, have a co-host for your podcast, you've decided on a length. You've decided on, you obviously will have uh, some sort of a platform to deliver it on, be it a website, uh, to host it. Um, But how do you think, uh, what's your best advice for people to fill out their editorial calendar? Because ultimately, that's where a lot of pressure can come from. When you have a topic that you're interested in delivering and that you're comfortable with and that you understand and that you know your audience is interested in, Doing a podcast and create is, is like, it's like anything, writing a blog. It just seems to write itself. It just seems to flow. It's easy to do, but it's those ones where you feel like, uh, I don't I'm not really inspired. Now I have to work hard. Mm-hmm. And that's where there are tools like that out there for research. Um, one of my favorites is answerthepublic.com. Um, if you're ever stuck, it's, it's like looking up, you know how you can like start typing in a phrase in a Google or mm-hmm. search bar, and then you can see the new tales that created like, okay, who's searching for this? And the, sometimes they're really weird, right? Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know people were looking for that. Um, but Answer the Public basically takes that and dumps that all into a report and you can use it for free. Uh, they do have a mm-hmm. freemium version, but um, you can type in like a one to three word key phrase and say, okay, and it'll tell you what people are asking about that topic and phrases and search terms. And that can help drive if you're stuck, you know, to say, okay, this is trending or those, yeah, those keyword research tools, uh, answer the public is far more like it's a question research Mm -hmm. tool. What are people looking for and what are they searching for online? And that does help you. It does help you determine the, the composition of your content, but also it will help you, uh, with what you should be talking about, whether or not there's real interest in a, in a topic. So those sorts of things are are just great tools to to embrace. I love Answer the Public. We'll make sure we put a link in mm-hmm. the in the in the show notes. Uh, another thing that 
uh, beginning podcasters face is the rather intimidating first podcast publish when you have to set up your RSS feed. And here is the, one of the beauties of podcasts is we own the space, we own our product and it is, it uses a technology called RSS, which is real-time subscription services. It's an underpinning technology on the internet, which means that when we, we post a piece of content into a web server and that web server then distributes it to everybody who has subscribed to our feed from multiple sources. And it's a fairly technical process, which is kind of cryptic, but it's way easier today than it was when I started years ago. Uh, depending on what service you sign up for, if you sign up for something like uh, Libsyn or with uh, another podcast provider, they make it much easier than it used to be. Yeah. And RSS, I mean, if, if anyone, just to help clarify too, if you ever subscribe to a blog, that's why you see the new blog is in your inbox because it's boop. It, as soon as it hits, it pushes it right to your inbox. And that's exactly how podcasts work. Uh, you know, every time that episode gets published, that RSS feed updates, it refreshes. And now that new podcast episode is, if you subscribe to the podcast, it's the new one now on your player app. And that's how you get to the mm -hmm. new. But you're right. It. Uh, I, I spent... I'm trying to think how many hours of research and I, I think I used Pat Flynn's. Um, yeah. An excellent resource for this. It, yeah. And it was free. It was great. But yeah, I, I, I just was like looking at his stuff and looking at mine, look at his and just walk through. You will have to purchase one piece of software somewhere along the lines is you're going to need a podcast host. And that is, I mentioned Libsyn. I use, a, we use a service called Podbean. There's a few different services that you will sign up for. They make it easy for you to do this. They manage that relationship with the podcast services, but you will also have to register your podcast with Apple. You'll have to register it with Stitcher. You'll have to register it with the various, with the various podcast amalgamators as well. That's pretty easy too. It's not like they're, they're not gonna be asking you for tax information or anything like that. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's just a little more complex, you know, version of saying, Hey, I'm setting up a new email and here's all the information about it. Let's, uh, let's wrap things up here today. And it, what we'll do is we'll make sure that in the podcast notes, we've got a couple of links to great resources for starting your podcast. You mentioned Pat Flynn. He's got a great uh, academy to start people out. Um, there's the School of Podcasting, which I quite like. There's a few different kind of higher-end services where you can sign up and they are more evolved courses. But there's also some just great tutorials, free tutorials that we'll make sure that we share if you're interested, inspired, and you want to take this to the next level. Rachel, thanks for your help today. No, thank you so much. This is, uh, uh, like I said, every episode seems to inspire me to do better at my own stuff. So hopefully it does that for the <laughs> listeners too. Okay. With that, we will wrap things up and we will say, if you have any comments, we will look forward to your comments. As we mentioned, we value your comments incredibly. You have to know that when you comment on a podcast, the podcast host really appreciates it and they notice it far more than in any other platform. So if you have comments, suggestions, we look forward to them and you can help us share this podcast by, as we mentioned earlier, by letting your friends and family know those of them who are baby boomers and Gen Xers that might be interested in building an online business, let them know that Gray Matters is the resource that you rely on that helps you build your business. Till next time, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle.